Wednesday, I was uh, finishing up my message, and it was in our series called Servant King, and I was all ready to go. It was called Feasting or Fasting, and it was that right out of Luke chapter 5. And as the day progressed and we went from shelter in place and then we ended up going all the way to stay at home, it became really apparent to me that I needed to stop that message and, and make a brand new message that really focuses on what we are going through right now. So I really feel that the Holy Spirit directed me to give this message that I'm going to give today. Now, you should have the outline for this message because you can't get a bulletin because you're not here live, but we emailed you the outline for today's message in your email. If you're, if, if you're not on our email list, that means you didn't get it, which means you need to send an email to rsei, R-S-E-I, at sebchristian.com. That's Becky, our office manager, and say, please put me on your church email list so I can get these resources. So, uh, you will know that uh, we're going to be talking about a message today called Defeating Fear in a Time of Crisis. Defeating Fear in a Time of Crisis. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we want you to be exalted above all things. We want to know what it means to follow you, and that means sometimes walking through dark valleys, just like you walk through the valley of the shadow of death for us even in the Garden of Gethsemane, contemplating whether you are really going to go through with it and sacrifice yourself through all that pain and anguish and suffering on the cross, Lord, you saw us and you chose yes for us. And we're forever grateful for that. Lord, we want you to speak to us today through your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for the unction of the Holy Spirit. I pray that the words of my mouth that the meditations of my heart would be pleasing in your sight. I pray, I pray for passion and clarity. And I pray, Lord, that you'd give us ears to hear and a heart to obey what you want us to do today. So, Lord, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, you, I, I don't have to say this to you, but we are living in these unprecedented times. I just had a birthday on Monday, and I'm uh, more than 40 years old now. And that means that uh, I've lived through some of our U.S. history live. And I can remember a few times of crisis in our country's history. I, you guys, tw almost 20 years ago, September 11, 2001, when we had a terrible terrorist attack and we wondered how many Americans were going to die that day. Uh, I remember some of the reports saying there were 50,000 people in those Twin Towers when they came down, and we thought, oh my goodness, thousands and thousands of people died. That was a, a terrible day and a terrible crisis. But you know what? By God's grace, America weathered that crisis. Another crisis came along in 2005. Maybe not if you're out here in California, but if you were in the Gulf Coast, you know Hurricane Katrina was devastating to that entire community for hundreds of miles, and, and yet we were able to weather through that storm. And then nationally, uh, about 12 years ago, we went through a terrible financial crisis, this mortgage financial crisis, and it put us in a recession, and we've been climbing out of that recession, and we were doing all great until coronavirus hits, and all and the economies of the world are affected, and you saw, you've probably seen the stock market take a plunge. Everybody's joking about your 401k is now a 201k, and, and people are up in arms saying, what's the future going to hold? I mean, we went to a birthday party yesterday, and one of the guys, as we practice social distancing, of course, one of the guys was a financial services planner, and he just says his, his world is just upside down right now. He can't even go into the office. He has to work from home. 
So the social isolation, the economic uh, downturn, uh, businesses closed, restaurants closed, people up in arms about, you know, how are they going to make it? Financially, I mean, this has put us into a real time of crisis. Um, I remember it all started three weeks ago, and I thought the world was half coming to an end there, and it's, I'm kind of half joking when I say this, but I remember when the NCAA came out and said, guess what? We're not going to have any March Madness college basketball playoffs anymore because they couldn't have these crowds gathering at the arenas, watching the games and cheering on their teams. And I thought, oh, what is this world coming to? Well, that was just the beginning of a cascade of all sports being canceled, all concerts being canceled, all gatherings of over 250 people being canceled. And thank God that we, buried, we just sort of slid in under the tag last Sunday when we were able to have church live uh, here last week. And now here we are uh, meeting via live stream. So we have gone through some unprecedented times. But in spite of that, I want you to know that even if you are home alone right now with you and your computer and you're watching us and we are together, that you really are not alone. Because as a church family and a community of faith, we are committed to staying together as much as possible during this time of crisis. We're going to face this crisis. We're going to overcome this virus together. We are increasing. I don't know if you've noticed that, but we certainly do around here because we got on our horse and we had to learn a whole new way of, of ministering and communicating to the church family here. So we are increasing our online communications. You will see more emails and texts and social media. If you're not on our Sebastopol Christian Church Facebook or our Instagram, please get on that because you will see updates periodically, if not every day, from now on. We're going to be sending encouraging messages online more than ever before. And why do we do that? Because we want to make sure that we're all still growing spiritually healthy together. We're going to get through this, church family, together. And as we serve and help you, if you, get, if you do get sick or can't get out, we will bring help to you. If you can't get out to pick up your medications, we will figure out a way to get somebody to get those meds to you. We will help you with groceries. We'll help you with toilet paper. I mean, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but you say toilet paper, you know, that's, I guess it's a pretty much a necessity because I don't think many people want to go to the Yellow Pages as an alternative. And, and uh, I was able this week, I think it was on Thursday, to bring two rolls of toilet paper to one of our church members. And it, it, was, a, it was kind of a fun thing to do, to be able to bless the rest of the body of Christ. Well, we're going to care for each other that way. Another thing we got to remember about this coronavirus is it is a virus, and we have had many viruses before in our human history. The viruses, they all have a pattern. They grow, and then they peak, and then they start to decrease and decline. And some people call that a bell curve. And why are we practicing this social distancing and, and uh, stay at home right now? Because we are doing everything together as a society to try to flatten that curve, to have less people contract the virus, less people get sick, and less people die physically as a, as a result of that virus. Let's get right into today's message, Defeating Fear in a Time of Crisis. The first thing I want to do is I want to share a Bible verse with you. The Bible verse with you is something, is one that you are all pretty much familiar with. It's from David. He wrote it. 
and he calls it the, the shepherd's prayer. And uh, it's Psalm 23. And I want to read verses 1 and 4 with us today. This is what David said. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Why? Because God takes care of me. And even though, and this is verse 4, so we're coming down to a, a time that we're going through right now, a time of uncertainty, of fear, of possible death for people who are in a vulnerable uh, uh, portion of our society. If you're over 60 and you have these certain health conditions, and you're more, you are more vulnerable for this. And it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. One of the ways you defeat fear in a time of crisis is you remember that you are not alone. You remember that in and through your faith in Jesus Christ, you have a good shepherd. And he promised, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So that is a promise. He's going to take care of, his, of our needs. You can walk without fear, even through what I'll call the valley of the virus. Why? Because God says he will be with us. So, I, friends, I want to talk about six important things that we can remember so that we can defeat fear in this crisis that we're going through. Six things that we can do to defeat fear in this time of crisis. Number one, what's the first thing to remember? And you got to remember a lot of things. Number one, remember, not everything I hear is true. How many of you guys have heard something on the internet or watched something on TV or heard something on the radio that you later found out was totally bogus, right? <laughs> Seems like about half of the stuff you watch anymore, right? Not everything that you hear in media is true, and we need to have discernment. We need to have God's wisdom. Look what the, the book of wisdom, Proverbs, tells us. There's two great verses. First of all, Proverbs 14 and 15. It says, the simple believe anything, right? Anything that gets said, conspiracy theory. I, I think the Chinese, the latest I heard, the Chinese were sending out something saying that the coronavirus was actually planted by Americans just to devastate China and their country and their economy. And I was like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But some people will believe it just because somebody threw it out there as a conspiracy theory, right? So don't believe all the conspiracy theories. Don't uh, get into blaming and fault finding and, and finger pointing. We're going through this and we're going to get through this together. And be beware of fake remedies, you know. Hey, if you just uh, rub lemon juice over your, your lips and hands, you know, it, it's, a, it's a natural blocker. The virus will never get through. You know, you, you can't take the fake remedies and believe them as if they were true. Now, science is going to come out with something. Science is going to develop a vaccine to this, but they haven't yet. So beware of the fake memories, fake remedies. Not everything that comes along, not everything you hear is going to be true. So you need to have discernment. The simple believe everything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. Proverbs 13, 16, wise people think before they act. They think before they react, right? Sometimes in, when I get all emotional and worked up and I need your reaction, I, I want to remember this proverb. Think before you act. Fools don't think before they act. They even brag about their foolishness. So we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be foolish. We want to be wise. Not everything I hear is true. Number two, not, every, not everyone is at equal risk. 
Not everyone is at equal risk. You know, practicing social distancing over here, Hannah is leading worship, right? She's about 29, 30 years old. There's other people who are teenagers. If they're in good health, if they're taking their vitamins, if they're drinking liquids and taking their vitamin C, chances are they're not going to be vulnerable to, con to contracting this virus. This virus primarily attacks those who are over 60 years old. I hope that's not you, but it very well could be. And who have a pre-existing condition, a health condition that weakens their immunity system. Like if you have diabetes or you have heart disease or you have chronic upper respiratory conditions, maybe you get pneumonia or bronchitis all the time. That means that you are more susceptible to get this, uh, this virus and that means you need to protect yourself more than the average person. Why? Well, one thing about the coronavirus, it's not a repeating virus. It's not like it came through America 20 years ago and here it is again. No, this is a novel virus, meaning that, that we have never seen this virus and our bodies have no natural immunities built up to fight it. So we got to be aware of that. Staying isolated at home is the safest way for you to avoid contracting the virus. We can flatten that curve with quarantine, quarantining ourselves in isolation. We want to protect the most vulnerable people in our population and our society the most. And guess what? I know our church family, a lot of those people are you. So I hope you're practicing that social isolation. And I hope and pray that it's only going to last for a couple, three more weeks, and maybe that will flatten that bell curve of those who get it and contract it, and it'll go on the decline, and we can uh, remove some of these restrictions uh, for the rest of society and get our economy back on track, right? So remember, not everyone is at equal risk. Number three, something else to remember, this virus is temporary. It's not going to be around forever, thank God. It's not going to be here always. We don't always have to have stay at home in place. I mean, I, we couldn't live forever that way, right? This virus, thankfully, will pass, right? We have to go through some suffering now, but that suffering is not going to be forever. Look what Peter says. You know, Peter, the great apostle, the one who saw Jesus, the one who spent three years with him and saw him go to his crucifixion and and buried in the tomb, and then he saw Jesus risen from the dead, and, and Jesus gave Peter the apostle keys to the kingdom. And so on the day of Pentecost, Peter opened up the kingdom of God to 3,000 plus Jewish believers who believed that Jesus is the Messiah. He says this, Peter, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trial that you're going through, as if something strange were happening to you. You know, it was kind of funny, um, I emailed Kathy McCarty, our missionary, to Chittimoyo Mission in Zimbabwe, and she wrote back and she says, yeah, it's kind of funny, uh, I'm seeing pictures in America of empty aisles at the supermarkets, no toilet paper, no eggs, no other essential items. He says, you know, here in Zimbabwe, that just looks like a normal grocery store, <laughs> because they have to go through that all the time. You know, it, it, it is something unusual happening to us, but it is something that will pass. It's going to be temporary. In Isaiah chapter 24, talking about virus and disease, because I know this happens and a lot of people look up to heaven and they say, God, you, you're, you're the creator. You made this world. 
you made human beings, you know that we get susceptible to, to these diseases. Why, why does this world have this disease and illness and death? Why is this part of the world that we have to live in? Why did you let it be that way? Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 24. The great prophet wrote this, The earth suffers for the sins of its people. For they have twisted God's instructions. They have violated His laws. They've broken His everlasting covenant. And the earth itself, the earth is broken up. You go over to Romans chapter 8 and it says, All creation is groaning for its redemption. Creation itself, all the earth knows that it's under a curse. This earth is under a curse, it's fallen, it's broken, because the human beings who are made in God's image are also fallen and broken. And how did we get that way? We got that way because our ancestor, the first human beings, Adam and Eve, they decided uh, to disobey God. They had the ability to obey God, to stay in paradise, to live forever, to be blessed, to rule and multiply the earth, and everything was going to be awesome. But there, there was a temptation, and God gave them free will. And God says, I'm not going to make you robots. If you're going to love me and follow my, my teachings and my commandments, then you're going to be blessed. But I'm going to give you the choice. You can choose whether or not you're going to follow me or not. And, and Adam and Eve chose not to follow God. They chose to disobey a direct command. And because of that, sin entered the world, and sin entered the world, and disease and illness and death and imperfection came into this planet, and now the whole earth is infected. And that's one reason why terrible viruses like this coronaviruses are going around the planet. It's not going to be forever. This earth is not always going to be that way. At some point, and when you read the last book in the Bible in Revelation, he says, I'm going to create a new heavens and a new earth, and it's not going to be like the old. And perfection is going to come where the imperfection is now. But for right now, the earth is broken up. It suffers for the sins of the people because we human beings made bad moral choices. God holds us accountable for these decisions. It's not going to last forever. That's the good news. You know, the Lord's Prayer, Lisa shared that with us when she was doing communion. You know, the great thing about the Lord's Prayer is you pray that and you say, Father in heaven... May your name be honored and holy. And it says, your kingdom come. When we pray that God's kingdom would come from heaven to earth, that's going to bring wholeness. It's going to bring goodness. It's going to bring perfection. It's going to bring the kingdom of God. And eventually, when that kingdom of God takes over in fullness over the earth, all the disease, all the illness, all the aches and pains, all the pain and suffering, all the tears and the mourning and the crying, are going to be over. And, and because, because Jesus says in Revelation, the old things are going to pass away. We look forward to that day. But right now, we live in this fallen, broken planet. This virus itself will pass. Number four, remember, focus. What are we to focus on? How do you keep your perspective? How do you defeat fear in a time of great crisis like we're in? We need to focus on what is unchanging. What is unchanging? Well, what, who can you really rely on? You can't rely on man. You can't rely on government. You can't rely on people because we all make mistakes. We all have shortcomings. We all have weaknesses. And we don't always make the right choices. Who can you rely on who's never going to make a wrong choice for you? And that is God himself. 
Here's some things to remember. What is unchanging about you and unchanging about your relationship with God. First of all, God sees you. God cares about everything you're going through. He is your good shepherd. He's your heavenly father. You're his child. He loves you. He knows what you're going through. He sympathizes with you. Number two, God has the power to answer your prayers. The Bible says all the time we need to pray. Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer. David's prayer, the Lord is my shepherd. There's another prayer from Psalm 23. We're given all these prayers that we can pray, but basically God says, call on me and I will answer you. We can always go uh, through grace to the, to the throne that God has for us because he's going, he promises that if we are in Christ, he's going to hear our prayers and care about us and answer those prayers. And the beautiful thing about it for me is that when I pray, something supernatural happens. It happens through faith. It happens by God's grace. But he says, he says, instead of being filled with fear and anxiety, he says, bring your request to God. He says, cast your cares, cast your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. 1 Peter chapter 5. And then when you go back to Philippians 4 and it says, in, instead of worrying about things and living in fear, he says, present your requests to God, present your prayers to God with thanksgiving. And he says, not only does he hear us, he answers us. And then he says, and the peace of God. Now that's something that only God can give. We're not going to get it from each other. I can't give you peace. I can try to encourage you to have peace, but really only God himself can give you that peace. I'm reminding you to go to the one who is the Prince of Peace. He says, the, he says the peace of God that transcends all understanding, transcends all fear and anxiety and doubt and, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen to this world? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family, our health, our finances, our future? All of that, God says, give it to me, and he will replace that anxiety and fear with his peace. And that peace is what guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God always acts out of his goodness toward you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. God's goodness is always going to be there for you. He has a plan. I have to remember this. Sometimes I'm, I don't know if you're one of these people, but every once in a while I look around at the world, I look at the, what's happening, and I say, God, can, do, do you mind if I give you some advice? Because I think I can, I can maybe give you a tip that will help you do things better than what I see happening right now. Well, one thing to remember is God is finite. That's what makes him, God is infinite. Excuse me, I'm the one who's finite. God is infinite, and he knows way better than I do what is happening. He sees the bigger picture. He has plans and purposes that I may not even be aware of. Sometimes we're not aware of what God is really doing behind the scenes until after the fact. That's why they say hindsight is 2020. We don't know. I wish foresight was 2020 because then I would be able to deal with it a lot better. But we have to trust God that he knows better than we do. He has a plan that's better than the plan that we have. God's love, grace, and mercy toward you will never end. His mercies are new every morning. You remember that in Lamentations chapter 3? You know, the, faith, the steadfast love of the Lord is forever. His faithful love will never end. His mercies are new every morning. Go and read Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. It'll encourage your heart. And then no matter what you're going through, just remember, you're not alone because God is with you. 
Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil because the Lord is with you. Look what Isaiah promises. Isaiah, this great prophet, he's called the evangelist of the Old Testament because he has so many prophecies pointing us to Jesus as Messiah. Here's a promise from God. This is the voice of the Lord speaking to God's people. He says, when you pass through the waters, not if, because you're going to go through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, Lincoln Brewster song, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So because God says, I will be with you, they will not sweep over you, the, fire, the flames won't burn you, God will be with us and he will take us through. That's how we can trust in the Lord. So remember, this virus will pass. We focus on what is unchanging, and what is unchanging more than anything is the Lord himself. Number five, remember, remember whatever we're going through, that it, it, however long this lasts, some people say it's only going to last a couple more weeks. Some people say this may last for months, and really nobody knows for sure. We're going, we're, we're, going through this together day by day. But just remember that this, even if the worst happens, that this life here on earth, however it comes to an end, this is not the end of your story. Right? right? Look, 2 Corinthians 4 says, it's a great promise. It says, we're hard-pressed on every side. Paul's going through persecution. He thought he was going to die in the city of Ephesus because of the persecution. He says, we felt the sentence of death upon us. We were like dead men walking. But he says, even though that happened to us, God saved us. He rescued us from that. He said, we're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. And there's a great worship song for that called Trading My Sorrows. You can look it up on YouTube, Trading My Sorrows. It, it parallels these verses right here. God is with us. He is not going to let us go through more than we can handle. God raised Jesus back to life, and he will raise us to life. And, and that's something to remind yourself. If the very worst thing happens, the very worst thing that probably could happen would be that you could contract this virus and you could get ill and you could die. And even if that happens, that even if you die, even if this coronavirus takes your life, that's still not the end of you. That's not the end of your life because of your eternal life with Jesus Christ, your soul, your spirit that animates this physical body, that's going to go to be with Jesus forever. So even if, quote, the worst thing that if the worst thing that could happen with this virus happens to you, that's still not the end of the story. So remind yourself of that. That'll help you defeat fear, right? That, that on the other side, Jesus has a place prepared for you. He went through death for you so you could have eternal life like this. You're going to be with Jesus forever one way or another. Whether it happens through this crisis or whether it happens decades into the future, you have eternal right now. You have eternal life right now through Jesus, and it's going to last forever. Number six, God wants to use you through this crisis. God wants to use you through this crisis. So some people are saying, "Well, the only what do you mean? God wants to use me? I can't even do anything. I'm stuck at home. All I can do is be at home. 
All I have is a phone. Oh, really? All you have is a phone. Well, what can you do with that phone, right? You can call people that you care about. You can call God's family members. You can check in on them. You can check in with your community people through text. You can send them words of encouragement. I've got people sending me Bible verses. I'm sending Bible verses to people to encourage their hearts. Encourage one another as long as it is called today. Right there in Hebrews chapter 3. How do you encourage one another in social distancing? You use the tools that we still have. You connect with each other like we're doing through Facebook and Instagram and our church website and through our phones and our, e and our, our texting and our emails and the messages that, of hope and encouragement that we can keep sending to each other. You know, we've probably doubled or tripled the amount of social media that we've produced and sent out even this week. We were on a huge learning curve, right? And we're going to keep on sending that out to you. So stay encouraged, stay in touch with us. How can God use you through this crisis? Well, we're going to respond. We're not just going to sit here and say, well, let's just hold our breath for another two or three weeks and hopefully we'll be past it. No, we're going to respond in love and we're going to care for those in our church family and in our community who are the most vulnerable. You can be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can find a need out there somewhere and you can help meet it. You can find someone who's hurting and you can Listen to them and empathize with them and encourage them and pray with them and help heal their hearts, right? Look, Jeff Johnson is one of our missionaries, right? He's with Young Life. So they, they're reaching out to teenagers all over Sonoma County. Jeff Johnson just sent a, a, a video message out to the people. And he says, you know what? We have about 60 people in our Young Life ministry, 60 young teenagers. We can't meet together physically. So what are we going to do? He's mobilizing these teenagers. They're going to go into this big mobile home park. They're going to knock on the doors of the people in the mobile home park. And the people, if they answer the door, uh, are, are going to say, look, hey, we're young people and we're healthy and, and we want to be able to help our neighbors. And if you have some medications that you need us to pick up, if you have some groceries you need us to pick up, if we can find some toilet paper, we'll try to bring that to you. Anything that they can do to help, they're mobilized, so they're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I thought, what a great idea for a ministry. What a great spiritual growth lesson that is for young people to say, it's not just about doing a Bible study. It's not just about singing Kumbaya and eating pizza together. Sometimes being the church is, is, is being the hands and feet of Jesus. And I know that you can be part of that. Every need in our community, remember that. When there's a need in our community, it's a, it, it could be a tragic thing, but it's also an open door of opportunity for the church to be able to help others, right? I remember the illustration of the Christians in the Roman Empire. It says, in the second century, there was a terrible plague that hit the Roman Empire. And in this, in, you know, in the second century, obviously, they didn't have the science knowledge that we have today. They didn't know about viruses and bacteria and germs and all that. So people didn't know how to protect themselves. They didn't know to isolate. They, they did know to isolate themselves because what happened was most people that were in the city of Rome and these other big cities in the Roman Empire, when the plague would hit, they would just scatter. They would say, hey, every man for themselves. I got to get out of here. I got to protect my own life and my own self. And you know what made a difference 
in the lives of the people that, that were sick was the Christians. The Christians that lived in the city, the Christians that lived in the country, they didn't count their own lives as something that they just had to protect at all costs. They went into the cities and they ministered to the sick and they served those who were dying. And yes, it's probably likely that some of those Christians contracted that, that terrible plague or virus and they died too. But you know what? They remembered the other thing, that, that even if they die from this virus, that's not the end of their life because they know where they're going. They're going to be in the kingdom of God with Jesus forever in paradise, just like Jesus promised that thief on the cross. So they didn't live in fear and they, they became the hands and feet of Jesus. And by the end of the first three centuries of Christendom, of Christianity coming throughout the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire actually said, we are going to make Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire because we see the love that these Christians display toward their fellow man and the way that they sacrifice and serve it melted hearts it changed minds it converted people not just the words that they said that jesus is the way the truth and the life but the love that they showed their neighbors in a time of crisis that's what we want to do god wants to use you through this crisis if you want to be one of those people to help we could use your help we want our people to be able to call on at-risk people in our community, we want you to be able to call them or contact them and say, hey, how are you doing? Is there anything that we can help you with? Is there any way, is there anything you want to share with us? Is there any prayer requests you have that we could lift up to our God in prayer? We want to, we want to be there for you to help. We care. We, we can have a caregiving team and we can have a care calling team. Now, some of our leaders in our church already know about the care calling team because the elders and some staff this week maybe you got one of these phone calls but we were calling everybody on our church directory and on our list to check in with them to see how they were doing and to remind them about our meeting here online for church like we're doing right now so we're going to continue these caregiving and care calling teams if you want to be on this team and you're interested in helping Send us an email, call the church office. You see the number there, and you see Becky's email address, rsay at, at sebchristian.com. There's our website. Keep checking in on all these because we're going to be uh, communicating uh, with you that way, even though we can't meet physically. Hannah, I want to ask you to come up and get ready for our closing song. I want to I just share the bottom line with you guys. Bottom line, I'm one of those guys, I say, okay, you said a lot of things, what are you trying to say <laughs> if you had to sum it all up? So here's the summary. How, how do you live with hope today? In spite of this crisis we're going through, how do you live with hope and not fear? Well, you do it by shifting your focus away from your circumstances and shift your focus to God. He loves you. He cares for you. He's going to walk you through this crisis. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. So shift your focus to God. Number two, change your perspective. You say, I'm going to walk by faith, not by fear. I'm not going to let circumstances dictate my attitude. If I get anxious and fearful, I'm going to pray to the Lord and say, God, please help. Please do something. Please stop this. We pray, we pray all the time, and we see God's supernatural peace come over us. So change your perspective. And then thirdly, live in light of eternity. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. If you're in Christ, you are born again. If you are in Christ, you have the eternal spirit of God in you, and you know where you're going. Physically, we're all going to die. 
but spiritually, you're going to be forever with God in heaven. And then stay connected. Stay connected with us. Stay connected with each other. Stay connected with your life groups. And, and we will be the church even if we can't meet together. Will you bow with me for a word of prayer? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence here with us. Lord, I thank you that you're not limited by anything. Even if, we, if no one could leave his or her house, Lord, we would still have your Holy Spirit there with each of us. Because Jesus, you promised that the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he's not just going to be with us, he's going to be in us. So thank you for your presence today. Lord, please build, increase our faith. Lord, give us a spirit of calmness and peace so that we can walk without fear through this valley of the virus. Lord, give us your peace that surpasses all understanding in the middle of the fear. We see fear all around us. We see people freaking out. Lord, we don't want to be like that. We want to be those who trust in you. So help us to keep our focus and our trust in you. Lord, fill us with your joy, your confidence, your wisdom. Lord, give us ways that we can work through this crisis by serving others, to draw people to you, to let them know that you love them and you care for them. Lord, we ask that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in the midst of the coronavirus. And not just here in our church, but in churches all over the world. Lord, let your people be the representative ambassadors of Jesus Christ wherever they go. Lord, we ask your protection on all the healthcare workers. Lord, keep them safe. Lord, for Christy Lawrence's daughter, Liz, who's a nurse practitioner in Los Angeles, Lord, please keep her safe as she's out there on the front lines ministering to the sick. Watch over her. Lord, watch over Hannah's husband, Kevin, as he's a police officer in Rohnert Park, and he's out there among the people. Lord, we ask you to protect him and keep him safe. And all these other people, people that we don't even know about, but who are in vulnerable positions because they're giving of themselves to help other people. Lord, please watch over and protect them. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. Thank you that Jesus, because you came, you've made the, the world a completely different place. Even the hospitals that we have in this world today are because those early Christians banded together, go to, even though the government at that time wasn't doing anything. Thank you that we live in a nation where we have this Judeo-Christian heritage, where hospitals are now a regular part of every community. We pray that everyone could get the help and the resources that they need. Help us to be your hands and feet to help provide that. Lord, we love you. We, we pray your kingdom come. We pray for that peace that passes understanding so we can defeat fear in this time of crisis. It's in your name we pray. Amen.